This is the podcast by The Straits Times. I'm Rachel Kelly, and now it's time for our regular sports show, Game of Two Halves, every Monday at 5.15pm, where we host the sports pod- podcasters from The Straits Times. With me today, we have Straits Times Assistant Sport Editor, Jonathan Wong, and Sports Correspondent, Zazali Abdulaziz. Hi, guys. Hi, Rachel. Both keeping well? Hi, Yep, yep. good, good. Great to hear it. Okay, well, let's get cracking. And it's a tricky time for sport in Singapore. The government has begun to ease up on circuit breaker restrictions, but we still don't know when the battle against the COVID-19 pandemic will come to an end. This puts events such as the Singapore Grand Prix scheduled for September 20th in serious doubt. Jonathan, you wrote a comprehensive news analysis piece on this issue on Monday in the Straits Times. What exactly is the status of the F1 now? Right, well, I think you have to give some background into the season. I think it was supposed to start in March in Australia and Melbourne, but because of the pandemic, it's been pushed back repeatedly. Races have been cancelled or postponed. The latest seems to be that the season will finally start in Austria in July and behind closed doors. So what seems to be uh, F1's plan is to to sort of like do all the races in Europe before coming to this part of the world. Mm. And the races in Europe, in Italy, in the UK, in Spain, they're all going to be closed door events, which means that there will be races, but there won't be any fans. So the tricky thing is that for Singapore, the promoters, Singapore GP, had told us uh, last month that this option of, of racing behind closed doors is not feasible for them. Okay, so if it's not feasible to have a closed-door race here, what are the alternatives? There really leaves just three alternatives. One is, you know, we push back the race from September to later in the year. Two is, you know, we proceed with the timeline, which is to have it in September and hope that everything is contained sufficiently to stage a race mm-hmm. with spectators. Or three, you know, we, which is probably the most plausible, but also drastic, is to cancel the race. How likely are the first two options, though, the least drastic options? I guess pushing it back is tough because there's so many moving parts. F1 themselves obviously want to try and firm up things, and they've got a lot of races in Asia that they want to try and fit in. So if we move back, you know, maybe China has to move forward, Vietnam has to shift as well. So it's very difficult, I think. Second, For the second option of, of continuing uh, as per plan, I think, I mean... That's what uh, all the stakeholders are, are currently doing. I mean, I think STB has put, has put out some tenders as well because they needed to get this done ahead of the race happening in September. And you need sort of a lot of lead time because it's a street circuit. You need the infrastructure. You need the services. But that obviously doesn't mean that, you know, they were doing this without realizing that the situation on the ground was very tough. And it, it would be hard to hold the race in September with all the social distancing regulations that will probably be in place. But I guess... So that's what the situation has been going on for now. Okay. So, Jonathan, with what you're saying, does this mean that the Singapore race will be cancelled? It seems inevitable. I mean, we are expecting an announcement sometime this week. Uh, MTI Minister Chan Chun Singh had said on Saturday that, you know, they're still in discussions, but they will make a decision this week. So I think we, we should uh, learn more soon, but I think all signs point to it being cancelled. I mean, and there are a lot of reasons for it to be cancelled. I mean, if you look at it, Every day, uh, it's a three-day event and every day you have 80,000, 90,000 people. I don't know how, it's going to be really hard to do mm-hmm. social distancing in that sort of, with that sort of numbers. A big part of the race is also the fact that you have a lot of foreign tourists who come here and have a good time, spend a lot of money and help contribute to the GDP of Singapore. That's probably not going to happen, you know, with air travel being so restricted and who knows what it will be like in September with the quarantine measures. Financially as well, you know, I mean, you look at it, 
they spend, I think Singapore spends close to 100 million or more to host the race. So unlikely you're going to make, uh, be able to match past year's revenues with this kind of climate with less people, you know, less tours, if any tours at all. We've spoken to analysts and they really, they, they all agree that it doesn't make financial sense for us to host this race. It's really hard to disagree with that. And that was one of the lines I liked from your article, you know, was that the race really does have such mass appeal from Bishan to Brisbane. People from all over come here for the race. What are the what are the repercussions then if Singapore's race doesn't go ahead on the races that follow? Well, I guess we have a contract until next year so there is still one more race in 2021 whether this means that if we suspend this race or cancel this race it means that the contract is extended by a year not clear i mean i guess that will be something mm-hmm. that i guess the stakeholders will have to discuss in formula one but i mean i think you just have to look at it as a pause you know we, we just sort of put it on hold for this year and hopefully next year we can come back and have hold a, a very good race Okay. Well, we've reached the halfway point of the podcast. If you like the Straits Times Game of Two Halves, you can listen live on Money FM 89.3 from 5.15pm every Monday, or you can subscribe to hashtag Game of Two Halves on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify, and like us and give us a rating. Now back to the second half of our conversation with our Straits Times sports podcasters, Jonathan and Sazali. And while this year's edition of the Singapore Grand Prix looks ominous, there are glimmers of hope elsewhere in the sporting world. At Home Minister for National Development Lawrence Wong last week said the move to phase two of post-circuit breaker measures could happen before the scheduled date of July 2nd. So that means before the end of this month. And this morning, Sports Singapore announced that athletes who have qualified or are close to qualifying for the Olympics and Paralympics can return to training on June 2nd under controlled conditions. Sazali, are you there? What does this mean for these athletes? I think certainly it's welcome news for them. The uncertainty over whether the Olympics was going to take place at all or not, you know, a couple of months back really affected them. Now they know it's it's going to be held in 2021 and, you know, they've received another boost with this news that they can train. Unfortunately, however, you know, Sports Singapore has not at least publicly elaborated on, on what these controlled conditions, as you mentioned, might be. But it is expected that there will be the usual health and safety protocols such as, uh, you know, temperature taking, use of safe entry to, 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 to trace... Uh, movement and stuff like that into the various training facilities and I think they will be you know the first athletes to have to practice social distancing strictly while, while they train so they won't be allowed to mingle likely in changing rooms outside the venue and so on and so forth but like I said you know all these issues are, are secondary and I, I, I think the athletes will be delighted that they'll be able to, to train again so we have only a small group of athletes who have confirmed their places mm-hmm. at, at Tokyo we've got the swimmers cooling and uh, Kwa Seng Wen uh, the diver Jonathan Chan and, and all three of them uh, will train the same place uh, most like the sports hub and the gymnast uh, Tan Su Eun and, and sailors Kim Lee Lim and Cecilia Lowe so I'm sure they're delighted to be able to, to get back to what they like doing best. And is there also good news for the broader part of the sport and fitness scene in Singapore? Yeah, I think the announcement that Lawrence Wan made last week, you know, means a lot, particularly to, to businesses. You know, a move to phase two will, will likely mean that gyms and private academies and schools, sports schools can uh, reopen and resume operations. Although, as I mentioned with, with the athletes, that there will definitely be changes to the way things are done. You know, some businesses have had to endure two months straight of zero revenue, mm. which is, you know, obviously hard and, and harder when you consider that they still have to fork out money to pay for rental. And even though there's rental relief support among the schemes that the government has reintroduced, it's still obviously 
obviously a very difficult situation for business owners. Minister for Culture, Community and Youth, uh, Grace Fu, on Saturday night had a, a Facebook live session where she had a chat with members of, of this fraternity and you know they, they, they shared their concerns, had some questions about the different support schemes uh, in place. Everybody seemed to be happy at, at, at what was explained, but Grace Fu actually also warned that reopening too fast could lead to a situation where, you know, we take one step forward, you know, you get to open everything back, but you have to take two steps back if, if there's a, a new cluster um, right. and a gym. So, yeah, we have to be very careful. And that, you know, moving on from what you're saying in terms of clusters in the gym, what would phase two mean for the general public? A lot of us have been at home, maybe snacking a little bit more than we should have been, <laughs> looking forward to yeah. getting back in the gym again. So what does phase two mean for, for us? Yeah, judging by what Sports Singapore, the sounds that have been coming up from Sports Singapore through the advisories and Graceful herself has been saying, I think gyms, particularly public gyms, might might be among the last to open because the authorities will take into account various uh, risk factors like ventilation, duration of activity, and common surfaces. You know, like for example, if you share a pair of dumbbells, you know, mm. you, you pick it up and then you don't wipe it down, the next person picks up. You know, there's there's increased risk. So I think what Sports Singapore will be looking to reopen first would be public sports facilities like open-air stadiums and, and swimming pools. Stadiums, by design, are obviously very well ventilated and, and spacious, so it's easy to implement safe, safe distancing. Pools, you know, are, are also being considered uh, as, as uh, facilities where which will be reopened, although the worry here is not so much uh, the spread through the water because there's no evidence of, of the COVID-19 virus spreading through uh, chlorinated water, but right. how to enforce safe distancing around and outside the pool, benches and so on, deck chairs. So there's a bunch of issues they have to the authorities will have to work out and consider and, and doing just that you know working on the advisories and on the wider theme of reopening and restarting the english premier league is set to resume on june 17th Zazali, do you think the authorities have made the right call well look Rachel, i enjoy the epl and and you know top level football as much as the next guy you know but i think the decision is a, a wrong one i'm actually a bit surprised there seems to be so little pushback really? from the general media against it yeah because you know obviously yes the, the, the league is flush with cash and, and they can pull out all the stock in making sure the right precautions are in place disinfecting balls you know put, putting out protocols mm-hmm. and, and so on but I think fundamentally you know it, it's the wrong call they should have just ended or avoided the season the United Kingdom uh, has recorded the highest death toll in Europe Mm. Um, and resuming a sports league flies in the face of, of logic and, and honestly basic human decency. So you look at it, the, the UK government has struggled to effectively deal with the situation and, and meet their own targets for testing. And yet, you know, Premier League clubs, since news of the restart was, was surfaced about a week and a half ago, have carried out more COVID-19 tests than the entire UK did in, in the first two weeks of the outbreak. So it's not a good look, you know, and, and you have reports of players and staff you know, being infected, you know, up to six, seven players per uh, a squad being put in quarantine. You know, other players are worried. They don't want to train. But I'm sure uh, they have them. safety. They'll have safety measures in place, right? When they when they resume on the 17th of June. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, not, what was the rationale? Yeah. No, I, I understand. Mm. I, and, and, you know, just like how the German Bundesliga restarted two weeks ago, they were very cautious. You know, the substitutes even practiced safe distancing on the bench and in the stands. It was quite a sight to see. But at the same time, like I said, you know, the, the situation in Germany is different from the situation in the UK where, you know, basically the COVID-19 situation is still very much a crisis. So I think, you know, it ultimately brought down to, you know, the business of the sport. And, and from a certain standpoint, I can completely understand it's the most lucrative and popular league in the world. But 
But, you know, if you ask me point blank, I don't think it should have continued. Oh, well, Sazali, as always, so much to talk about and so little time because there goes the final whistle for our sports discussion of the week. We hope you've all enjoyed listening to us. Glad to speak to you both again, Sazali and Jonathan. Thank you for your time. No problem. Great to be here. That was an SBH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.